Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Quipster Film Review Podcast. My name is Vince Leo. I'm the author of the film review website, Quipster.net. I invite you to check out over 4,000 of my written reviews. You can read there at my website, Quipster.net, Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net. Before I get into today's review, I also want to let you know that I do another podcast that covers films of the 1980s. I invite you to check it out. Just do a search for Around the World in 80s Movies, wherever you're listening to this right now, and you'll find it. As far as what I'm going to be reviewing today, it is a this movie I actually saw some time ago, but I'm actually getting to the review. Finally, it's called Alita Battle Angel. It's a PG-13 rated film. It does have sequences of sci-fi, violence, and action, and for some language, the runtime is two hours and two minutes. It's a, an action sci-fi thriller. It stars Rosa Salazar, as well as having supporting roles for Christoph Waltz, Jennifer Connelly, Kean Johnson, and Mahershala Ali. The director is Robert Rodriguez, and the screenplay credited to James Cameron, who also produces the film, and Leita Caligridis. It's based on a manga series called Battle Angel Alita, so they kind of flip things around. Battle Angel Alita was the English title for the manga by Yukito Kishiro. It's kind of curious, though, to observe how James Cameron here is handing over the keys to such an expensive and, and expansive universe of characters and these concepts the ingenuity that is required here to a director that has been fairly inconsistent robert rodriguez rodriguez's films tend to do better when they're limited to one or two basic concepts that he can run with and alita battle angel would seem a challenge that only a handful of directors including james cameron himself would probably be able to keep tight control of without it spiraling into meaningless lists Storytelling really is the key to making this work, and Rodriguez is much more of a stylist than he is a storyteller, so presenting this whole new world to build with these characters that we're just getting introduced to in this first chapter is kind of hard to do in a compelling enough fashion to try to recoup its lofty $200 million budget seems kind of a gamble that most other producers would probably not make. Now, the origin of Alita Battle Angel starts with Yukito Kishiro's intricately plotted manga. It came out in 1990, something that this adaptation has to simplify greatly in order to make it palatable for wide-release audiences. The setting here is an Earth five centuries from now, a mostly tumultuous and vice-filled world that suffers even more by comparison to the life of luxury from this beaming city utopia called Zalem that floats above their heads. Christoph Waltz plays uh, Dr. Edo. He's a brilliant scientist who has been through the trash heaps of history to try to find something of value and of meaning. Edo soon discovers the remnants of a robotic entity. He takes it back to his lab for rehabilitation, and it results in this cyborg creation that he has dubbed Alita, which was also the name of the daughter that he lost in the tragedy. Alita has the mind of a teenage girl and the hard shell body to match. She walks. She talks, she understands, but the one thing that Alita cannot readily do is to remember who she is or why she exists. Ido provides fatherly guidance to Alita, but she's drawn to battle and action by her nature. And that's stoked further by this interest in the local boys named Hugo, who sees a little bit more potential in Alita's abilities that could make her a formidable combatant in this world that values such adept skills in the arena of conflict. Now, while this is going on, Ido's wife, named Dr. Sheeran, played by Jennifer Connelly, she spent her time in the employ of this shady man named Vector, played by Mahershala Ali, who dangles the possibility of this trip to Zalam for her cooperation to achieving his ends, mostly having to do with finding new recruits for this lucrative but 
highly dangerous sport of motorball in which the participants essentially do battle to the death for their ticket to Shangri-La. Meanwhile, there's this class of high-tech bounty hunters on Earth called Hunter Warriors that circle about the city to presumably take out the riffraff. And that riffraff, as you can imagine, will eventually include Alita herself. Now, the main assets to Alita Battle Angel lie primarily in its production design. It has intricate and fluid visuals. There are some elaborate and highly energetic action sequences to boast. Although the story is limited to perhaps a dozen or so main characters, there is still this epic feel to the film that suggests that there could be, if they wanted to, an unlimited amount of ways for this plot to expand into a lot of other areas. It's kind of like Blade Runner in that way. It's this conceptual earth that has this great deal of thought that's going into its futuristic design and its history and that leads you to want to explore its depths. But that richness in conceptual detail is kind of relocated to the background here. We have to establish the characters first and their situations and then mount them to this fast-moving plot in order to draw out the action and thrills down the road. Now, the difficulty here for Robert Rodriguez in this effort is that he has to try to find the balance between putting in action and thrills while also explaining this version of the future and how we end up in such a place and where the story is ultimately going to go. And at just a little bit over two hours in length, Alita Battle Angel has to give you the bare minimum in exposition in order to keep us and the audience on board. They give you enough to help you stick with the proceedings and still be interested, but there's really not enough meat on the bones here to get us fully engrossed when the time comes for really good suspense and intrigue. However, even the bare-bones minimum that's expounded upon here is still pretty dense. There's not really much in terms of dialogue that isn't actually providing information or setting up for another conflict, and that results in characters that are pretty thinly defined roaming around in this world that doesn't quite feel as lived in as it might have otherwise in the course of like television show that runs you know several episodes or a long-running manga as we had in the original form. As such, I would say that the performances are not really a strong suit here, even though you've got good actors. Many of them look like they're idealized or they're artificial in this world that's presented. For instance, Christoph Waltz, who gets the most amount of material and dialogue, he looks like a video game character that walks about with his hat and his trench coat and this giant weapon, a a rocket hammer is what they call it. Uh, uh, Jennifer Connelly here gets an identifying dot on her forehead, and she looks and talks seriously throughout Mahershala Ali looks like he's walked off the set of a Matrix film. Uh, He wears all black and he always has sunglasses on, although he takes those sunglasses off when his body is taken over by this powerful overseer that commands him, known as Nova. Kind of a mysterious, shadowy figure that we don't get to come to know until a little bit late in the film. The most personality within the story is given to Alita herself. Alita in this film is a creation of performance capture animation, but it's so impressively done that she looks real. Uh, With the exception of her eyes, they're a little bit large. Uh, That's going to have some people recall that Christoph Waltz actually appeared as Walter Keane in the Tim Burton drama actually called Big Eyes. Uh, That makes us wonder if he's now choosing his roles by the amount of exposed eyeballs that he's going to work around. Although the performances here are mostly awash, I think we have to give at least some credit to the filmmakers for providing just enough sympathy for the character of Alita to keep us wanting her to prevail through this rough-and-tumble world of killers and fighters and mercenaries. A love story of sorts does eventually emerge with this street urchin who is actually working against her. She doesn't know this, though. His name is Hugo. 
And that almost gives a certain pathos to the role for this internal conflict that offers the closest thing that this film has to a character arc. Although it's kind of bland and somewhat predictable, the romance is relatively inconsequential in terms of the overall conflict at large, but it does at least serve to keep general audiences having something to hold on to between all of this exposition and these high-energy action sequences. So with the exception of the elegant Alita herself, character builds are a little bit on the grotesque side. You have fighters and mercenaries mostly appearing as human faces that are mounted on top of Goliath-sized all-mechanical bodies. That allows for a lot of mechanized gore. The MPAA obviously has determined that impalings and decapitations and dismemberments are okay to show liberally in a PG-13 movie as long as the violence occurs to individuals who are not entirely biologically human. Funny how that works out. Alita Battle Angel provides just enough action, enough intrigue, enough interest in the character and the world around her to be entertaining enough to recommend, I think. Although some viewers are going to find it a bit of a disappointment that the film is not self-contained because it seems like they're intending that there's going to be a continuation after this, a sequel, which at a reported $170 million to produce this first entry, it's kind of a risky proposition I have to assume here. However, given that there's an international market for these kind of sci-fi action films, maybe Cameron and company feel it's a safe enough bet and they're willing to let action stop in medias res and hope that you'll care enough to join their world of hunter warriors for round two. And if they do have a round two, I suppose you can count me in. I saw enough here to be actually intrigued as to where this story could go now that we've got all of the world building out of the way. I did enjoy Alita Battle Angel. It's not something I was ecstatic about, but I do think that the action works just enough and you're interested enough in Alita to actually feel something for when she goes into battle. So I'm going to give it three stars out of four. Three stars on my scale means that I do recommend it for people who like this kind of movie. If you're a sci-fi action nut, you're probably going to really enjoy it. If you're not, you're probably not missing out that much by skipping Alita Battle Angel, but I do recommend it for those people who are genre fans. Three stars out of four for Alita. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I hope that you enjoyed this review. If you did, I do encourage you to click the subscribe button, and you'll continue to get all of my reviews as they come out. Don't forget, you can find my contact information as well as links to my Twitter feed, my Facebook page, and all other things that are related to the movie website known as Quipster at quipster.net, Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net.